This is Ursula Hogan welcoming you to News Extra on Scarf Bay Community Radio, where we feature interviews which go into detail on some of the events in the news this week. A Christmas fair will take place in the Cultural Centre in Kilkishan next weekend. Bernadette Ballerin is one of the organisers and she spoke to Jim Collins about the event. So I'm delighted to welcome uh, on the line Bernadette Ballerin from Kilkishan. Bernadette, you're very welcome to Scarif Bay Community Radio. Oh, thanks very much, Jim. And Bernadette, uh, next weekend, the weekend of the 11th and 12th of, of December, uh, you have uh, a treat organised, I would say, for the people of Kilkishan and surrounding areas. Will you tell us about it? Oh, my goodness, we absolutely do. We have uh, an artisan craft and food festival starting on Saturday and ending on Sunday. And uh, the times are from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. both days. And uh, we're just we just decided off the cuff, really, three of us. We're both, well, the three of us are crafters. So we just decided last year that we would like to have some type of festival in the village. But it obviously it didn't go ahead. So... This year it was full steam ahead and uh, it's all systems go. And we have a great a great community here backing us. And we also have an awful lot of local crafters that will be attending, as well as ones from outside um, Clare as well, and East Clare. We have ones coming from Kerry and Galway and we have a couple from Kilkenny. So we have a, we have a great assortment of crafters. We also have um, street food, uh, artisan street food uh, we have vendors as well as homemade bakers so we have an array of um, an eclectic mix of wonderful crafters and festive food for the two days that's brilliant and it's, it sounds great give us an, a, a sample of uh, of the things that might be uh, available on the day for the punter that wanders in off the street well, we have crafters from East Clare as well. We we do have a good few of them. One of them would be the palm free soap. Um, we have crafters that are coming doing stone art. We have paintings. We have um, Quinn Art. She's, a, she's an amazing painter from Quinn. We have lots of homemade crafts, Christmas tree decorations. We have um, knitting, crochet. What else have we got now? Yes. We have just so many crafts. I mean, we have a different craft. Each table will have a different craft and no craft will be the same. Yes. So we tried to do it like that so that everyone has a fair chance. We have homemade jewellery. We have um, cheeses coming from Alloy Caves. We have um, Vegan Era, which is from East Clare as well, selling vegan food. Yes. Um, we, we just have an awful an awful array of really talented people that have come together now to to form this amazing festival hopefully yes. hopefully well it sounds yeah. it sounds fantastic and of course as you say it wasn't possible to hold it last year and i think you know people are really looking forward to to events like that where they can go and which they haven't been able to go to for such a long time well jimmy i tell you you Sometimes villages around here, especially I find in East Clare, the smaller ones, there's never a lot going on at the best of times. Um, and we wanted to bring everyone together and we wanted to have a happy festival. We wanted to have something that would be 
festive and happy because last year was a disaster. And small villages, as you know, thrives on a community spirit. And that was our main aim was to bring the community together together and just have something fun and for all the family and just for a change not to have to worry about anything just come along and spend the two days now the different there'll be different crafters on different days so that there won't be any one the same for the two days so yes. if you know you're more than welcome to come for the two days we have um all the covid restrictions in place um we're very in tune with all that we're going to be adhering to everything that we have to adhere to so there'll be there'll be no one would be scared it will all be just very free-flowing and that's the kind of atmosphere that we're trying to achieve great and tell us uh where, where is the venue it's in the cultural center in Kilkishan, which is an originally the old protestant church yes that has now been developed into the most amazing building um, so we have it both inside and outside. We have marquees outside set up. We will have marquees set up outside. And um, there will be live music there on both days. Yes. We have um, live traditional music. We also have choirs. So there's something for absolutely everyone. Yes, it sounds absolutely fantastic. Bernadette, hopefully it will go very well for you and the other organisers. Just remind us again, it's on Saturday and Sunday. What are the times? Yeah, it's Saturday and Sunday from 9am to 10, or from 10am, sorry, 10am to 5pm. And uh, it's on both days. Okay. Yeah, and we have car parking facilities available. There'll be, people will be in the village, in the main street, directing cars to different car parking spaces because it's on the main street so it's a bit limited but we have got the GA field uh, the GA parking lot so we can park up there which is only two minutes away and we have spaces allocated for the day so there'd be loads of room for everyone to come and just enjoy the day so we have all that organised so there'll be no hassle with parking there'll be people there to show you where to park and it's free parking and free admissions and no entry without a mask Okay. Bernadette, that is absolutely brilliant. It sounds fantastic. Uh, may we wish you the best of luck with it. Hopefully the weather and everything will be in your favour and you'll have good crowds. And many thanks for coming on Scarif Bay Community Radio to tell us about it. Oh, Jim, thanks so much. It was wonderful. And as I said, everyone is welcome and please do support local this year. Very good advice. Bernadette, thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. Take care of yourself. Scarafagunlow recaptured the Premier Clare Senior Camogie Crown last weekend. Leo Doyle chatted to manager David Sullivan after the game, while joint captains Mairead Scanlon and Amy Barrett accepted the trophy. Love to see this man striding across the field, and he came across. I tell you, he came across with a fair pip when he stepped today, a lot more than he did in the other uh, five occasions. It's David O'Sullivan, uh, the manager of Scarafagunlo. David, many, many congratulations. Uh, thanks very much, Leo. Um, Jeez, the first 15 minutes they were hanging on by a thread. Um, in fairness to them, they, uh, they made a fantastic start and uh, Rachel Daly made an unbelievable save and the goals to, uh, to keep us in the game. But uh, from the first quarter onwards, once we got into the water break and we kind of just settled things down and uh, got girls kind of calmed again and stopped being so frantic on the ball and stuff like that, uh, we completely took over. And I think the winning of the game was, you know, the 15 minutes for half time where we just kind of... Uh, nullified them and stopped them from extending their lead and uh, 
you know, second half then we were just unbelievable and foot to the pedal the whole way and it's an unbelievable feeling to be honest with you. Yeah, and Nicholas Rin, uh, my joint commentator here in in, in LS was saying it was important for Scarafagunda for you to get him to the water break, as you said, to settle down the team. As you said, they were a bit frantic, get get re got realigned again. And from then on, uh, David, Scarafagunda very much the dominant uh, outfit. Well, I, I always use the term to the girls, in fairness, it's a, it's a boxing term. When you're on the ropes, you don't wait for the knockout blow, you just uh, you keep swinging. Uh, we just, you just keep swinging and, uh, in fairness, the girls, you know, in the first 15 minutes, they stay going and going and going. They, oh, they, they try and avoid it, the, the goal that Truk would have hoped for. And uh, just once we settled down after the 15 minutes, then we were just unbelievable then after that. And then again, David, I know you're in a hurry to join the celebrations, and quite rightly so. Ashling Corbett, many people were calling for her to start on the, at, at the beginning of the game today. It was brilliant to have someone like that in reserve, and when she came on, she was a threat all through, and also have the, you know her free taking, which was exemplary again today. Eight points in 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 whatever in the between the two days, I suppose you know they, that's where she nailed home Scarafogunla's uh, position in the start of the second half. Well, I tell you, Leo, people told me I was mad putting Rachel Daly in goals, and I was mad moving Bob out the field, but. Bob is just such a character, you know, I've had so many tough conversations with Bob the last three weeks about not playing on this team and not starting on this team, but I always told her there was a role there for her, there was always going to be a, a way she could contribute to the team and at half-time today there was no one else coming on, only Bob, you know, in fairness, probably wouldn't have suited Bob in the first half, the, the dogging and the working and stuff, but we knew with that wind in the second half, anti-win 40-50 yards, that Bob was going to sail the goal, sail this team home and that's exactly what happened and I could not be any more delighted for the girl than Ashley Corbett today, you know, she's very disappointed not to be started because she's a starter all her life, but today she contributed something special to this team and uh, she deserves a big round of applause from all her management for her attitude and character she's shown today to do that. Yeah, and indeed, you, you mentioned the lady there, a very underrated keeper, uh, David Sullivan, in Rachel Daly. Look, she has played underage for the county, she waited a while for her, her chance, she, was, she has been good all through the championship, she really came of age today. Uh, to be honest, I, I, I have great time for Rachel. Of all the players that I've dealt with this year, Rachel comes in first before anyone arrives, 15 or 20 minutes before the start of training to work on goalkeeping skills. I told Rachel, Rachel in June she was going to be the senior goalkeeper this year and ever since then she has been just phenomenal with her work rate and her effort to come to the field every night to improve. She was a bit shaky once or twice at the start of the championship but as the championship has gone on she has grown and grown and grown and today is vindication for every bit of hard work she has done to come into a replay of a championship game and not concede a goal. I'm absolutely delighted for her and she is she is going to be so proud and her family can be so proud of her achievement and effort this year in the goals. Yeah, indeed, four sisters on. David, finally, the youth, the youth came of age as well today. Also, wind was needed, the experienced players uh, put their shoulder to the wheel and look at it was a tremendous team effort all around on and off the field. Ah, brilliant. Look, Alva, Jennifer, Abby, Lorraine Grady, uh, Bonnie, all these women, you can you can run out of words to describe how superhuman they are. But I thought the older girls today, I thought Rachel Minogue was fantastic. I thought Kira Doyle was playing with one hand on her rib for the whole game. She was fantastic. Susan Daly was at home, full back, fantastic. Marit Scanlon in the last minute had half a Clonlara running after she taken the pressure off us. You know, that's what it's all about. There's a great mix there. And uh, mark my words, Leo, I tell you, whoever we're going to face the Munster is going to have their work cut out because we're going all the way in this championship. Yeah, and David, you know, we're going to let you go on, on this one. Amy Barrett, you know, they had a bereavement in the family during the week, showed great leadership, giant captain. You know, Susan Vaughan, 
you could name every every player on, on the pitch, David. Oh, you could. And to be honest with you, Leo, I've said, touched off it a couple of times. We were down four players from last year's squad. We had Susan Vaughan from the first two games of the Championship either. This is a brand new team, but this team fears nothing. You know, this team just wants to hurl, wants to play, wants to play in a positive atmosphere, positive environment, and we're going to enjoy tonight. We're going to enjoy tomorrow, probably enjoy Monday, but I tell you, we'll be back to training next Friday night, and it's all systems go for that Munster Championship after Christmas, and uh, by hell or high water, anyway, as I said to you numerous times before, we're going to die with our boots on in January trying to win that That's for sure. David, one last question. You promised us the last night in Scarif with Ellen. Is he going to bring in the guitar? And is Mike Denver going to make an appearance tonight? Uh, I think uh, Mike Denver won't make an appearance. He's at some, some other concert, but uh, if we give Alan enough vodka, I'm sure he'll sing a few songs for us as the night goes on. David Sullivan, we look forward to seeing you later on. Many, many congratulations on your first uh, victory in the Clare Senior Camogie Championship and the very best of luck in your run in the Munster Club Championship with Scarif Agunla. Thanks, Leo. Thanks. And obviously, thanks to Bradford and thanks to Joe and Breed and everyone that said it um, that was covered already. Um, but firstly, I just want to thank our supporters. And today and the last day, you were absolutely unreal. Um, like, as you saw, the match ebbed and flowed from the, for the 80 minutes last day and again today. So, like, we really needed you out there and um, you made a huge difference. So, thanks very much for your commitment all the year to us. And again, today, you were brilliant. So, um, thanks a million. Next, um, I want to say thank you very much to our, our management. Um, <laughs> we have an unbelievable team uh, built up this year. Um, we have a new man in, David Sullivan, who is just uh, the most intense person in the world. <laughs> we love him so much. <laughs> and we have Alan there, um, Skell, Conor McGee. JP, your own, and everyone. We have an unbelievable team. We have someone for everyone, and they're absolutely outstanding. Their commitment to be us all year has been unbelievable. Um, we never feel like we can not turn up or not give her all because they've given so much to us, and they've come in here and just made scarf their own, scarf colour. So, unreal. Thank you so much, guys. This wouldn't be near possible without you coming in and breathing this life into us. True Clonara girls, what a massive two days out. I think everyone can agree. The talent that was shown in both finals is absolutely unreal. Um, you can see yourself that the work rate you have in your team, there's no doubt there'll be success in your future. So next year is a new year and no doubt you'll thrive to be successful. And most importantly to the girls behind me here. And these are the best bunch of girls in the whole world. And <laughs> the unity here is outstanding. And second to none, you see we fought and died for each other out there like up to 80 minutes last day. And again today we just seem to always pull it out of the bag. So girls well done, savage stuff. And um, hopefully everyone's coming out later. <laughs> oh yeah, and um, Three cheers for Tuuk again, um, outstanding team as Amy said, and he'll be back no doubt uh, next year. So um, three cheers for Tuuk. Ogunlo GA Club defeated Bricky Rangers from Waterford also last weekend in the Munster Junior Hurling Championship. After the game, Pat McNamara spoke to freelance journalist Mal Keevney about the game and even got some history lessons. Mal, first of all, great to have you on, on Scarlet Bay Community Radio. I think this might be your debut. Uh, 
for a neutral, first of all, it's an outstanding game of hurling, wasn't it? Well, I actually saw the other quarterfinal as well at Aston Stack Park in Tralee, and this was a better quarterfinal in comparison to the one yesterday between Skahina Rinka of uh, Tipperary and Tralee Parnells. So, but that's not going to say that O'Connell will win the no. semi-final, but they will go into it as favourites, and uh, rightly so. But this was a, a very good match, hugely entertaining. And when you when you hear the the result coming through from Cusick Park Ennis, I mean, there was better entertainment to be had here, you know, Garney Park in Six Mile Reach this afternoon. And looking at the O'Connell team, you know, there was many many stars. I thought Peter English was one of the the stars of the show there in that number seven jersey. Garrod Sheedy did well, and of course uh, Rory Skelly with his second half contribution. There was a whole host of players that played so well for O'Gunlow and I think they will be very very pleased and you mean Donald Malai he was he was so broad shouldered uh, I thought he wouldn't actually fit out uh, the door there he was so happy going out there from you just I a few moments so. ago yeah and the other thing about uh, and, and obviously Ricky Raiders contributed to a great game as well but O'Gunlow had a great mix of long direct hurling and also the short game when required I think they play a lovely brand of mixed hurling you know nowadays possession is the name of the game there's still time there's still uh, place for the long direct game at times they mix, they mix that quite well, I think. Yeah, because this is junior as well. It's not senior into county. But, uh, you know, I mean, Robert Dreeland did go short a good few times early on, but then he went long. And I think there was more change got out of Ogunlo because certainly Sheedy was very threatening in the first half and did get in for that goal <coughs> and uh, set up uh, Henry Vaughan for the other goal as well. So, yes, Ogunlo are good and they'll be very happy. This is junior. It's a step down from intermediate. It's a further step down from senior. But my word today, this was up there. Uh, it was as good as perhaps, you know, I mean, it was a very good standard hurling for Junior and O'Gunlow will be so so pleased and they can go forward with a great deal of confidence to that semi-final meeting Skahina Rinka. People will wonder where is Skahina Rinka? Skahina Rinka is Ballyporeen. Uh, Re- Ronald Reagan country. Yeah, the 40th US president visited there in uh, 1984 because his great-grandfather left Ballyporeen in 1829. I didn't know any of them. Now, <laughs> I'm so glad you joined us today because not only will you learn all about uh, hurling and your judgment on it, this is fantastic history as well. Yeah, Michael Regan was your man's great-grandfather, Ronald Regan, and he left uh, Temple <coughs> Tenny, which was a townland in Ballyporeen. Skahina Rinka in, that's Irish, in English that means dance of the bush. So Fabulous. now will it be Ogunlo that will be dancing or <laughs> <laughs> will it be above Ballyporeen they'll be dancing? And the funny thing is Ogunlo was always known to be a great place originally in Eastleigh for growing potatoes. There was lovely dry land there and of course Ballyporeen is the, t- the town of little potatoes as Christy Moore said in his song years ago. Yeah, you see because there was a lack of potatoes in Ballyporeen that's why that Michael Regan had to leave in 1829. <laughs> <laughs> no shots for uh, there now. He, he never heard of Ogunlo I think. Yeah, well, we have to credit uh, Ricky, uh, Ricky as well today uh, Robin Ross with contributing to a, a great game. Some fine players on that team and they started off very impressively. You know, they showed maybe the football skills in terms of the movement and passing as well. So they contributed hugely to what was a fine game. They did. And when you look at the likes of their fullback, you mean, Johnny Cooney is no spring chicken as he will tell you himself, but he played okay back there on the fullback position. Didn't want to run too much, uh, yeah. But uh, well, <laughs> they did what he had to do. He was very good between the 13 and the 20. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Over seven metres he'd beat anybody. Else. But anyhow, that, that's for a different, uh, a different day. But uh, they had good players, Corrick Barry. You know, I mean, Cormac O'Grady chipped him with some very good points uh, from midfield. Tom O'Connell is always reliable. You know, Mikey Hanlon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't we, want we, too many, we, many hike, uh, Mikey Hanlon's now on the 
the opposition team. I would like to be hollered at for him every second day. That'd be the out. No. Rinka team, you know what I mean? No, t- t- uh, you've seen both teams uh, at, at, on the way one weekend, as you said, and you, you've commented. If you had to pick a winner in the Skinnerinki Ogunlo game, how would you sum up from what you've seen so far? There's one little extra thing you need to throw into it. Bally Giblin of Cork is just five miles from from Skihina Rinka. Right. They all went to school together. Well, not all of them, in Mitchellstown CBS. So, you mean, they're looking at a, a mallow sellout crowd. So that could have a bearing when, when Ogunlo come uh, knocking at the door of Skihina Rinka. As to where the game will be on will be interesting as well. Will it be a neutral? Mm-hmm. Will it be above in uh, Ballypurine? Or will it be here at Six Mile Bridge again? But that's for another date. If you were to take the two games yesterday at Austin Stark Park in Tralee and what I saw here today, you would be saying that Ogunlo will come through. But my word, <laughs> there's, a lot, of hurling to, there's, a, that, yeah. there's a lot of hurling to be done. Skihina Rinka will go in as underdogs and that will just suit them nicely. They have good players. Vahans and uh, English that scored a goal yesterday you know they're a good bunch of players as well Well Val I know you'll want to get home and have a few little prayers yourself now maybe and have something nourishing but uh, you know we, we just won't we couldn't close the, the, the little chat without you know, paying tribute to Six Mile Bridges condition, uh, you know the layout here and the state of the pitch considering we're into the heart of winter you know uh, it contributed massively to a, a fine game as well And Six Mile Bridge contribute to the association big time because they host so many lesser games let's put it you mean they don't get the huge inter county senior matches but my word any club matches any schools matches the place is always well presented they have a lovely tidy stand uh, the Tom Morey stand that can hold 800 people um, it's a nice compact ground on the verge of a, a nice uh, village where I saw Niall Gilligan in great form earlier on there he was calling people in I don't know was he doing toasted sandwiches or whatever <laughs> he was doing any of but uh, Gilly was in, uh, in he'd, be, he'd be eating one and yeah, he yeah. might be doing for others but he'd or, have or, one a few or, himself or, <laughs> se- or selling one probably but anyway he was in good form but no credit six mile bridge uh pitch in good condition lovely setup here nice people and good uh, that are going low are on the the right side of this win following on from smith o'brien's winning the uh, losing out yesterday and Ballier losing out as well so you'll yeah. be flying the flag in the yeah the last um, team remaining in the Munster Championship and we had no Munster Championship in 2020 uh, because of COVID-19 so we're back and it's good that uh, Ogunlo and Scarif Community Radio will be there for the semi-final in two weeks time. Yep. Val, you mentioned nice people in the ridge, I don't know if you want to not. No, nicer than yourself for joining us, uh, giving us history as well as your, your summation of the hurling. Really fabulous to have you on Sportsland and please God, we'll talk again in the future so maybe we'll meet in that semi-final between Skehina Rinke and, uh, and uh, Ogunlo so anyway, well done to Ogunlo. Val, thanks a million for joining us on Sportsland. A real pleasure to have you. Likewise. Sharon Dolphin is a second level student from Gort and she has been following her school's progress in the under 15 tournament. She sent us these reports. Gort Community Schools under 15 hurlers take an impressive fourth round victory over St. Flannan's College by Sharon Dolphin. Last Tuesday evening, the 23rd of November, Gort Community School faced St. Flannan's College Team 2 in the second last round of the under-15 Clare post-primary hurling competition. From the throw-in, both teams showed great intensity and work rate, which would continue throughout the match. The match began with Gort taking the lead with the points scored by Kinanena man Aaron Maloney. A Flannan's early goal chance came but ended with the ball being sent over the bar. Another Flannan's goal chance came, this time being denied at the line but the play did not come without reward. James Cullinan, 
cleaned up the ball and sent it over the bar. Gort's first goal came towards the middle of the quarter. Brian Cannon sent in a ball to the square and Jeremy Crossan scored as a result of the Flannan's backs failing to catch the high ball in. Gort showed great teamwork with Cannon scoring a great point after a skilled sequence of passes among the players. After another couple of exchange points from Luke Slattery and Brian Cannon, the whistle for the water break blew with the score line and won three to three points in Gort's favour. The second quarter proved hard work for both teams. Callan opened the scoring with a serious score from play. With both free takers pulling two points apiece from freezing the board, it was a tense quarter with neither side giving an inch. Dara McInerney, Flannan's midfielder, joined the scorers with a point from play towards the end of the half. The half-time score left Gort out in front and won six to Flannan's six points. After half-time, there was just one goal separating the teams. Flannan's played with edge, which was proved by Luke Slattery, going for a goal from a 21-yard line free, which was well blocked by the Gort defence. Dara Kavanagh made some impressive clearances, which kept the Ennis team from scoring. By the break, the score tallied to 1-8 to 7 points, with all scores from this quarter coming from freeze. In the last quarter, tensions rose. The quarter started with Dara Monaghan receiving a yellow card for repeated fouling. A Gort goal chance came, but Patrick Duggan cleared the ball before the Schlitter could reach the net. One of the two highlights of the match came from Flannan's Shane Meskel. Meskel ran straight through the Gort defence, sidestepped two Gort backs and pointed the ball from distance. The other highlight of the match came from a goal scored by once again Brian Cannon. GCS's Adam Hayes and Flannan's Patrick Clancy started an argument around the Flannan's 65-yard line. This resulted in a throw-in, where a wild pull from the Clare lads resulted in a broken hurl for Cannon and a free-in. Brian took the free and dropped the ball into the back of the net. Flannan's response was just not enough to come away with the victory. The final score was GCS 2-9 to Flannan's 10 points. This week's man of the match was Gort's number three, crushing hurler, Kyle Scannon. On the day, Kyle cleared a lot of dangerous ball and repeatedly stopped any slither that threatened a goal chance. Another couple of honourable mentions were Gort's Lewis Brady, Derek Kavanagh and Brian Cannon and Flannan's Shane Meskel and Luke Slattery. Gort's upcoming match will be in Cahirlohan next Tuesday the 30th of November at 7pm against St Flannan's Team 1. This match will determine what two teams will qualify to play in the Cup Final on Thursday the 9th of December. Live updates for the match will be posted on the GCS Instagram page at GCSGAA and the School Sporting Twitter page at GCSGAA. You have been listening to News Extra on Scarpay Community Radio. Join us again next weekend and we'll keep you updated on local events. This is Ursula Hogan for Scarf Bay Community Radio.